and welcome to the Point of Care Ultrasound Certification Academy podcast, where we focus on POCUS. Here, we will discuss all things related to Point of Care Ultrasound, the practice, the trends, and its impact on healthcare. Our program will engage thought leaders who are defining global patient care with the stethoscope of the future. Welcome all to our podcast, Focus on Pocus, live from Philadelphia, where it's always sunny and it's also cold today. Uh, today we have Kartik Vadamalai. Uh, he is with us today, the good doctor, and we are broadcasting live from Widget Studios and Media PA. Uh, Dr. Vadamalai, how are you today? Good. How are you? I'm very, I'm very good. Um, why don't you give us your bio and tell us all about all the great, exciting things you've done so far. Sure. Thanks for having me in the podcast. So um, I was born in India, in the southern part of India, where I did my medical school from 2006 to 12. And uh, to just to know more about the evidence-based practice of medicine coming from a very resourceless country, I pursued my internal medicine training at uh, Rochester General Hospital in New York uh, from 2013, uh, where I got really hooked up to the focus uh, in my second year of residency. And I went on to do my critical care medicine fellowship at the uh, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. And uh, uh, I did my second year of training more focused on uh, point of care ultrasound and mastering the skills do how to practice clinical medicine using focus and build a focus curriculum during my second year at uh, the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, but I also did my um, master's in clinical medicine to improve my education skills and using those skills uh, I developed uh, focus curriculum for the internal medicine residents at the University of Pittsburgh with the uh, help of mentors and uh, my good friends and colleagues from internal medicine uh, at the University of Pittsburgh. Currently, I'm working as a full-time faculty at the University of uh, Missouri Springfield campus in Mercy Hospital. Uh, I'm working towards developing a sustainable point-of-care ultrasound curriculum for the third and fourth year medical students here. Wow, that's pretty global. Um, you start out in southern India, you go to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and you wind up in uh, the heartland there in Missouri right there. It's, it's interesting. So, so Kartik, you got a nice blend there of, um, you know, uh, academia, and you're also doing critical care. Uh, so how do you use POCUS in emergent care and maybe the triage of critically ill patients? Looking at the history, um, focus started with the use of, uh, in the trauma world with the FAST exam, where we need quick real-time assessment of patients who are mm -hmm. very sick. Um, I think in critical care world, uh, the use of focus has really grown over the last few years. Um, and uh, it's pretty intriguing to see the critical care physiology evolve in the eyes of focus. Let me give you a quick example of a case which... Um, um, yeah, which will paint the picture of how could I use focus in critical care world. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. I had a patient about uh, a month ago, a 50-year-old female came in with uh, 
chest pain, very non-specific, didn't have any medical problems. Uh, she said she always had healthy lifestyle and uh, had a normal EKG and had a mild troponin elevation. So she was admitted to the floor and uh, I was seeing her. I was, you know, I asked her, did she have any cardiac history? She said, no, she had an echocardiogram, which was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, that was her own word. So I thought, okay, then... Uh, but I was a little uh, uh, curious to know what's her cardiac status right now when she's having the chest pain. I would like to know if this is really a cardiac etiology, given that her mild troponin elevation. Um, I did a bedside focused ultrasound, and I saw uh, regional wall motion abnormality on a parasitic long axis view. So I called the cardiologist, and I did uh, shared the pictures through our uh, EMR. And he said, yes, this is a cardiac etiology, and the patient ended up having an angiogram and had a stent placed. So had I not looked at her um, heart with a focused uh, ultrasound exam, we could have waited for maybe hours to have another troponin elevation or have the cardiologist see her the next day in the morning. And by that, a lot of myocardial cells would have died. So that's how it is very useful um, the focus is having a real impact on patient care at bedside in real time. You know, that's uh, interesting. You mentioned regional wall motion abnormalities, which is sort of, you know, if you have a big wall out like that, an MI happening, it's pretty obvious. But I can remember years as doing cardiac sonography, four or five cardiologists looking at a stress echo films and trying to figure out, does this person have uh, ischemia, um, even with a stress echo? So that's a hard thing to pin down and find. And to your credit, you know, that's good. So was it, I guess it was a big, obvious wall motion abnormality? Correct. Okay, Correct. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it was a big, uh, complete fatal wall abnormality. And uh, uh, as you pointed out, yes, it is correct. The use of focus cannot be stand alone. It has to be interrupted in the clinical context. Right. Um, that uh, defines, uh, that is, I think, one of probably, I would say, a limitation of focus. You need to know what we are looking at and then what's the clinical question behind it. If this patient was ha- had multiple stents in the past with a lot of uh, cardiac history or coronary artery disease, that wall motion abnormality could not have been significant. So Yeah, yeah, those uh, that transient ischemia or that partial blockage stuff is rough, but I imagine she came in with a lot of chest pain. Those are great. Any more cases like that where POCUS... Uh, makes the diagnosis always happy to hear that um well see, there's a big you know there's always been a big discussion of uh, the physical exam and will pocus replace the stethoscope what do you think i think sooner or later it will um uh, replace the stethoscope in a sense of if people understand the limitations every exam that we do to have limitations um, so as long as we understand the limitations and the focus and the clinical questions behind it, I think it will soon. Um, given that right now the sensitivity of any physical exam is going down, um, that's partly because of the training setup, and that's also partly because of the patient population that we see. Right these days, we see patients with multiple comorbidities with so many uh, problems. So it's hard to rely only on a physical exam using a stethoscope to make a clear-cut diagnosis. So I would strongly believe uh, having uh, a 
point-of-care ultrasound at bedside would be the future of defining clinical care. Dr. Vadimalai, um, what do you think about... Uh, so I saw where you had uh, started, began to a, um, set up a uh, point-of-care ultrasound curriculum there at the hospital and the university. What, what, are, what are some of the um, essentials, I guess, for beginning to set that process up? So uh, let me start with telling. Focus curriculum has um, been at the forefront of most of the societies, most of the societies, like starting from ACP, SECM, CHESS, they're all trying to define what a focus curriculum should be. Uh, starting from uh, emergency medicine, which has taken the focus curriculum into their, integrated into the emergency medicine curriculum, even in the 90s. So they are probably the leaders and pioneers in how to integrate focus curriculum into their emergency medicine curriculum. Uh, so starting from there, the scope of focus curriculum for internal medicine has not been defined. So that's the first, I think, barrier. And having lack of trained faculties in internal medicine was the biggest barrier in mm-hmm. starting focus curriculum. Those are probably the two biggest uh, barriers in starting. Uh, that's where uh, we had most of our struggle trying to define what we should teach an internal medicine resident and how do we get it to go sustainable? The way uh, we designed our curriculum at the University of Pittsburgh is through a multidisciplinary approach and training the trainer model. So uh, by what I mean by multidisciplinary approach is we had critical care faculty who have been doing ultrasound and who are experts in ultrasound for many years. So we pulled in people from critical care people, experts from emergency medicine, from cardiology, to build a curriculum which, by consensus, we thought what is uh, an internal medicine resident should know, like basic cardiac exam, basic uh, fast, basic lung. Uh, and then we designed a curriculum. We involved all these specialty to, specialties to create videos to teach them and then have skills session to practice. So having an ultrasound machine and having expert faculties uh, really facilitated this to go on. And then we uh, focused on evaluating how do you uh, define competency, how do you know that they have learned what they have taught, uh, and we focused on developing evaluation methods. So far, we worked it on for about three to four months, and we were able to set up a curriculum that is still currently ongoing and uh, rolled over by uh, these experts who started this. And then the trainers who trained, uh, like the faculties in internal medicine, are also a part of the training group along the internal medicine residents. So these faculties, once they got trained, now they are taking the curriculum forward so that the curriculum stays sustainable. Yeah, that sounds like uh, that's always a challenge, finding faculty or clinicians that have time to actually train or teach uh, POCUS uh, in their busy days. So what do you think, uh, how long and what does it take to become sort of a, we're all entry level, but what does it take to become an expert in POCUS? And just as an aside, we're working on identifying uh, by a survey the top 25 
the POCUS 25, uh, which is sort of mirrors the um, Stanford 25 for physical exam. And I think number 25, they added uh, bedside ultrasound. So we're working on the POCUS 25. So does an expert need to know all 25 or is it, or do they need to, you know, only sort of like a buffet pick ones that work for their practice? So what does it take, I guess, to become an expert in point of care ultrasound? Great question. Um, I don't think there's a perfect answer, but um, I would try to uh, give you an answer which I think is most likely reasonable and what I've learned from my mentors. I think being expert at any skill needs a constant practice. I think that forms the basis. Um, attending sessions on focus uh, at, great, at society meetings or going to uh, practice sessions will get you started with the skill. But uh, we need to encourage uh, people who learn these skills to constantly put into practice and have a method to uh, get a feedback. So what I mean specifically is if I go to a chess meeting, if I go to an FECM meeting, attend a week-long focus skill course, I come back to my home institution, then I started using it for my clinical practice. I need to identify experts in the local, whether at my hospital or at the local level, and have these images reviewed and get feedback uh, about what's the quality of the images or uh, quality of my interpretation. And I think those two skills, and also comparing it with uh, a comprehensive exam. If I do a focused cardiac exam at bedside, and if I'm getting a comprehensive or uh, echo by a cardiologist, I'm trying to compare and see how good are my images. And those uh, constant feedback over period of uh, months to years will make you feel like an expert. It's hard to put down a number. Even if you have done 500 exams and you haven't done uh, a an exam for uh, two, three years, you will lose the skill. And that's the point I think I want to mention. Um, by becoming, becoming an expert, it's that constant uh, skill practice and feedback. And over the years, that's the way to become truly an expert in focus. Yes, yes. I have to agree with that. So, hey, Kartik Vadamala, you're doing great things here. Uh, Kartik, it was great having you today on the podcast. It's an honor, and we thank you for all you do to increase patient safety. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. And don't forget, for more POCUS-style topics, follow us on Facebook at POCUS Cert Academy and Twitter at POCUS Academy. Thanks very much, Kartik. Thank you so much. Good luck to you. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us at Twitter at POCUS Academy and Facebook at POCUS Cert Academy. If you'd like to learn more about the POCUS community, visit us at POCUSworld.org. Take a look at participating in our POCUS 25 research. Help contribute to the scientific development of the top 25 point-of-care ultrasounds. And we'll see you next time. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are the views and opinions of the guests and not those of Intelios. This podcast is for information purposes only.